When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody, and how's it going? I'm Alex Goldstick, and you are listening to the Spring Forward Podcast. It's been a minute since our last episode, but that's because on this one, we're trying something we've never done before. You'll have to wait just a few seconds longer to find out what that surprise is. First, a couple of Spring League updates for you. Last week, 33 former Spring League players were selected into the XFL via a unique draft format that was done in phases by position group in order to ensure balanced teams for the league's first season beginning in February 2020. Among the Spring League alumni that were selected, tight end Nick Truesdale was taken with the fifth overall pick by the Tampa Bay Vipers in phase one of the draft, which was for skill position players. Nick is a two-time Spring League attendee, having been at both of last year's Spring League showcases in San Diego and Miami. A huge congratulations to him and all of the other draft picks who will get the opportunity to begin or continue their professional football careers. For a complete list of the Spring League alums that were drafted, check out the Spring League on Instagram. Next, before we get to the interview, one final Spring League announcement. The last showcase of 2019 will take place in Miami, Florida from November 12th to 15th. If you are a prospective player looking for an invite, the deadline to apply is this week. You can find the link in the description of this podcast, at the Spring League's website, or on any of the Spring League's social media channels. With all that being said, let's get to the interview. An interview that for the first time on Spring Forward features multiple guests, three former Spring Leaguers and current members of the CFL's Calgary Stampeders. For the first time on the Spring Forward podcast, we have not one, not two, but three guests on one pod and on one interview. I'm joined by three former Spring Leaguers, but more importantly, three featured pieces of the first place Calgary Stampeders defensive core in Deshaun Amos, Raheem Wilson, and Nate Holly. Deshaun Amos is a D-back from Virginia who went to East Carolina. Raheem Wilson is also a D-back from Texas who is the all-time leader in interceptions at Southeastern Oklahoma State. And linebacker Nate Holly from Ohio and from Kent State University. Gentlemen, welcome to the pod. What's up, what's up, man? Appreciate you having us. So, uh, given that you guys are all on the same team and just got out of practice, uh, where, are you at, where, are you, where are you at right now? Uh, we're actually in the, uh, the team labs. Just, like I said, just finished up. So, we just thought staying at the facility would be the best bet for all of us. Not only are you all former Spring Leaguers, but you are all at the same Spring League. So, you were all part of the Spring League 2018 in Austin, uh, which some might remember or know better as the Johnny Manziel year. Um, Nate and Raheem, you were defensive teammates on the West, the West squad, while Deshaun, uh, as a true East Coaster, suited up for the East. Uh, when you all made it to Calgary, did you know all three of you had been at the same spring league? 
Um, so I kind of got here uh, before Raheem and Nate. So um, I was really the only one here at, at that time. But um, as they came in, I recognized them from the spring league. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, me and Hamas, uh attended the, the rookie mini camp that Calgary hosted. So you know we got a chance to see each other then. But you know, like Amos said, he, he came on last year with the team. But yeah, we didn't actually get a chance to meet each other until this year. And I mean, obviously, I think we, me and Nate, formed a bond early on at the spring league. So I, I knew exactly who he was and what he was about. And then me and Amos, you know, being defensive backs, I mean, we've we built the relationship since. Same experience for me, obviously, as Raheem said. Uh, my first year being with Calgary this year, uh, I ran into Raheem when we were on our way to uh, our IMG mini camp. And we kind of just thought it was ironic, pretty cool that uh, we were both at the same place, um, especially coming from the Spring League and being on the same team there. Um, it was pretty cool for us to uh, basically reunite. And then uh, when we got here, obviously, we ended up seeing Deshaun and talking with him and and uh, kind of just, you know, putting it all together that we were all there at the same time in the same year. Or uh, what I like to call Nate Holly here, not Johnny Mandel. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, who's who's counting? Who's sitting there? Yeah, I think the West squad won that. Yeah, I think the West. Great. I think the Greg team won that year. So Johnny, I don't think Johnny. Me and Nate, yeah. I mean, on the same defense, we the, the undefeated West Coast season. That's right. Right. So to rewind a little bit, how did each of you find out about the spring league and ultimately decide to attend? Because we got we got guys coming from all different size schools, all different walks of life. So let's start with Deshaun. Uh, for me, it was just my agent, man. Uh, just putting in a lot of good work for me. Uh, just after being released from from the Giants, uh, just trying to find another way to to just keep my career going. And like I said, my agent, uh, he just knew some guys that were in it before me. Uh, I actually had a teammate that uh, left out a year before me that was there at the West Virginia Showcase. So uh, we were kind of familiar with it. But like I said, my agent did all the all the dirty work, all the groundwork to find out the ins and outs. Um, you know, he presented it to me as an option, and at the time, it was it was the best thing for me to do. So, just went from there. Uh, Raheem. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I think I remember running across the spring league the year before I attended. I can't remember exactly how, uh, whether it was, you know, on social media or some type of uh, social media platform. But um, I kept up with it a little bit. But then the next year, my my agent was like, "Hey, look, uh, what do you think about the spring league?" And it was funny because I was actually thinking about coming to him to see how what he thought about it. So, you know, we both thought it was the you know the best thing for me to do. So, you know, we got registered and uh, it went from there. And then Nate hit us with your story. Yeah, for me it was just uh, actually at the time my trainer came across it and had mentioned it to me. And then uh, I brought it up to my agent and he thought it'd be a good idea as well, but never really pulled the trigger. That agent kind of dropped the ball and actually didn't get me into the spring league or sign me up, or do anything that he was supposed to do. So I kind of had to uh, contact Mr. Woods on my own, which ended up going well. But at, at first, he didn't have a spot for me, so I was a little late. Um, so I actually showed up to the spring league, kind of uninvited originally, and hung out for a few days, um, tried to do everything I could to get on the field. But unfortunately, you guys were full. So I just hung around for, I think it was four days. And then on the fourth day, one of the uh, – safeties on the West team actually tore his meniscus. And so that was my avenue into the spring league. Um, that's four days of kind of just hanging out and being around just in case something like that happened. So I guess that was my uh, introduction to the spring league. 
I do remember yeah, Nate getting he, a late start there. Yeah, what's up? Nate, I'll tell you the full story there. He was actually the crazy guy in the stands that we kept looking up. <laughs> and uh, he snuck into one of the meetings one time. <laughs> we thought he was part of the squad. We, we thought he was already part of there. But, yeah, I just think that's funny. I give him, I give him crap about it now. Maybe that was maybe that was a secret weapon for the West going undefeated. You know, I like to thank you. So, so aside from that and the brutal cold, if you guys remember what the first game day was like, um, what's one memory that sticks out from Austin? You know, hopefully other than, than those two things, and we'll we'll start with Nate this time. Oh, uh, memory that sticks out for me was just basically being back on the field. Uh, it had been a while since I've been playing organized football. Uh, and so for for me, I guess my memory was just getting back on the field, flying around, and uh, really just doing everything that I could. I kind of remember the whole experience because it wasn't, um, I don't know, it wasn't like set in stone for me when I showed up. Like I kind of had to do some hustling and make some things happen and, and just kind of pray on the fact that everything would work out. It ended up doing it. So for me, it ended up being a better story rather than anything. Um, but I guess just to me, the whole story and uh, – Playing organized football again—that was my my good memory. Raheem, uh, pretty much, you know, like it is going into every game. You know, like like Nate said, it, it had been a while for me as well. You know, before I played, like since I played a game. I mean, I played the previous year, but it's just you know, it's, there's nothing like that first game. You know, getting into the locker room, seeing your your jersey, you know, and just getting mentally prepared, listening to your music. You know, I just remember you know being in that locker room with those guys. It was kind of strange, you know, because you're sitting around, you know, a bunch of guys, you're getting ready to play. So, I mean, you know, you just have to, you know, get into your own focus and just get ready for the game. And then Deshaun? Uh, just being there for, you know, two weeks or so, you know, it's a lot of memories just day in and day out. I feel like every day was a little bit different in its own way. But um, I feel like my memory would be just uh, just kind of like Nate said, just getting around other guys that have the same drive, have the same dream, you know, the same hope as you. You know, and kind of forming a bond with some people that, you know, that we still hang around now, you know, with us being here and just, you know, making those contacts. Um, I think, I think that, that that's kind of a memory for me, just making those networks, meeting guys, you know, hearing other stories and, uh, kind of applying it to your own life, you know, just help me grow personally more than just an athlete. So, um, it's just a, like I said, a full experience that I know for you. Now, Nate, this one's for you. I mean, you played with your twin brother, Nick, in college and in training camp with the Rams last year. Um, last week, Nick was drafted by Houston in the XFL draft. So, I mean, tell us, what's it like growing up in a household with a brother, a twin brother at that, you know, who also has professional football aspirations, and what's that like now that you've both proven to be worthy of the professional ranks? Yeah, I mean, growing up, it's easy to define. It's just a constant competition. I mean, everything we do, doesn't matter what it is, we compete. Um, you know, and it's, you always, you think of other people who kind of have the upper hand on their little brother or even if they have the upper hand on their bigger brother or whatever it is. Um, the thing with Nick and I is everything's pretty dang equal. So everything that we do, it just comes down on day to day who's going to win at whatever we're doing or, uh, who will outcompete the other one. So really it's always a challenge. It's never like a walk in the park of, okay, I got this. So for me, that's what it was like growing up is just always, grinding always competing against each other and then now you know both being able to kind of say that we're professional uh athletes is it's pretty cool i mean it's rare you know obviously and um i think we have a proud dad a proud sister and uh, a proud mother so i think 
you know, we've we kind of set out to do what we wanted to do uh, in a way, but I think we both have bigger dreams and goals and aspirations from here on out. So for us, it's just continue chopping wood and, and staying at it and, and kind of doing what we need to do to reach the end goal. Now, now, Nick was never in the spring league, but I'll ask you anyway, since, I mean, your guys camped in... Um, have an XFL affiliation, but we've had three this year where we have official XFL partnerships. Um, so as a family member as a, of a drafted player and as professional football players, uh, how do you view the XFL and this startup league that's coming uh, coming back in February 2020? Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity for guys. Um, I don't know as much about it as probably my brother does. Um, I'm very happy for him that he obviously got picked up and is going to have another opportunity to play football. Uh, but I think it's another great avenue for guys to get on field and show what they got and, and uh, kind of keep going. I think, you know, I don't, like I said, it's just the more opportunity you can have and the more leagues that we have that are high caliber football uh, in America, I think the better. Just like I said, there's a lot of people out there um, you know, there's a lot of guys who can play the game at a high level who don't have a job. So kind of open up that avenue to get other people on field and being able to show what they can do, um, I think is awesome. So, you know, I'm a fan of the XFL, um, and I'm a fan of, of my brother getting picked up in it. For sure. Now, you're all in Canada now, obviously, but as far as I know, uh, Raheem has Nate and Deshaun beat for total countries played in. Um, you're actually in your third country, having been signed from the German League uh, on a team I'm not going to attempt to pronounce, so maybe you can help us there. Um, but you were back-to-back champions there before joining Calgary. Uh, so first, can you help us out with the pronunciation, and then set the scene for us on what pro football is like on the other side of the pond? Uh, Schwabisch Hall Unicorns was the team I played for. Uh, the guys are laughing right now as I say that. I think everybody gets a kick out of, you know, me having to play with a team called the Unicorns. But uh, honestly, it, it was some of the best times I've had in my life so far. You know, being able to <laughs> travel to another country, you know, experience another lifestyle, a new culture. And then not to mention the fan base uh, of the small town, Slavish Hall Unicorns, like, is like no other. I mean, you know, they, they may not know as much about football as, Canada or especially, you know, America, but, I mean, they are diehard fans. You know, they, they, they come out every game to support, you know, and the team was very family-oriented. The time I was there, we, went, we actually went undefeated the whole time, so we never knew what it was like to lose. But, you know, I mean, I, things always better when you're winning. I mean, but uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I built some relationships with some guys, you know, that would last forever, some, some bonds, like football always does. And, uh you know, I'm just thankful that I got a chance to experience that. Well, going undefeated for two years is definitely going to get you some fans. But, um, I, you know, I think international play is probably something that Americans associate probably more with basketball, um, maybe a little bit with baseball. What's life like yeah. for a football player in Europe off the field? I mean, you mentioned travel and getting to, to see a different culture. Yeah, I mean, Germany is so centralized, you know, in Europe that, you know, you have all the countries around you, and it's not – it's not expensive to, you know, go to country to country. So whenever we had, you know, some time to ourselves, you know, some of uh, me and the other Americans, you know, would, would plan some trips to, to other places. You know, I got a chance to go to to Spain and uh, and, and some of the countries I went to. But, I mean, we just, you know, we did a little bit of traveling within Germany. Um, but like a football player, it, it's nice, you know, especially if the team takes care of you. You know, that, that's the most important. 
you know, they set you up a nice place to stay and uh, travel expenses or whatever that may be. You know, it, it it came out to be, you know, a fun experience for me. Now, for all of you, I mean, the Canadian game is obviously a little different from the rules each of you grew up with in the States. Um, but it's not often we get to talk about the differences on the defensive side of the ball. You know, some of the motions are uh, a little bit more obvious on offense. Um, so what are the differences – uh, that you're seeing uh, in the Canadian game from a defensive perspective? Um, and we'll let Deshaun lead off with that one. Um, <laughs> I'll start by stating some of the obvious things. I don't want to name them off so I can leave some for Raheem and Nate. But uh, just being a DB, man, the waggle, you know, being a DB, uh, playing inside, that still have um, just a two-strong, three-strong, or whoever's off the line being able to have that head start you know, before the play, um, it's just different, you know, as far as playing man, playing his own, and just the timing of, of, of plays. Um, it being three downs instead of four, it's kind of different. The water field, uh, like I said, just being the DB, you know, just doing the wide receivers and the offense in general just having that much more space. Um, and then one of the funnier ones is just the kickback play where, you know, you can kind of <laughs> – you kind of kick the ball into the end zone and try to score a point, and everybody's kicking it back until they get into the best situation. Uh, I still don't fully understand it, but I get it enough to make a play when it happens. Well, so so you got to be up on your soccer skills too. Yeah, I try not to be the person to kick the ball back, but <laughs> if I get it, I'm going down on me. Yeah, there's a lot of talented Americans who go to the CFL uh, and don't last very long, unfortunately. So aside from rules about um, non-Canadians taking roster spots, is there something else mentally, physical preparation that might be different from the U.S. Um, that you've noticed that it takes to stick and succeed in Canada? Uh, I can't say that I have. Uh, perhaps, you know, I mean, I'm sure guys, you know, coming from the States where football is is the, the center of, you know, the, I think the country, you know, that that's, that's where football is, you know, most competitive. I think guys may may come up here and think that, you know, as soon as they get on the field, they're going to just, you know, play at a high level. And, you know, maybe they don't get the chance or whatever. You know, it's just like it would happen anywhere else. You just, you know, you got to come up here and know that whatever it is, you got to work to to succeed. You know, you can't come up here and just expect things to just, you know, go as planned right right off the bat. So you come up here in this CFL and just expect, you know, to earn, earn your spot, earn your play and, you know, earn some recognition, and I think that's just, you know, how people should look at it. Nate, is there anything you've done mentally that might be different from the Canadian game as the American game, or um, it's football's football? No, I mean, football's football for the most part. And, uh, you treat the game just as you would anywhere else. Uh, as a professional, you just watch film, study the game, study your opponent, and really just – can beat your butt off. I mean, that's that's all you can do. That's football. You know, I don't think the, the game is any is that much different that it changes your mindset. Um, I mean, obviously there are different nuances to it that, that they obviously just mentioned, but um, it doesn't change like your approach to it. Deshaun, as you mentioned at the top, you have a head start on uh, your Stampeders tenure over Raheem and Nate. Uh, you signed with the team at the beginning of last October. So first off, congrats on a full calendar year as a professional CFL player. Um, and Calgary, as I'm sure all of the listeners know, are defending Grey Cup champions. So tell us about that experience, being signed to the team so late in the season last year and then being with them through a very successful playoff run. Um, man, well, it, go, it kind of goes back a little bit. 
um, just after uh, after kind of the, the springish time, um, I had a few opportunities to uh, try out some other league teams, NFL teams, and um, go to their mini camps and kind of see, you know, where I, where I was placed on their team. And I was on some Megalus there. So that kind of helped me up a little bit as far as um, coming straight to Canada, you know, because they had offered me a contract uh, early on in the year. But like I said, uh, my, my dream, my childhood dream was to play in the NFL. So it helped me up for a little while. And after some time, just being on that med list and watching other people play, man, my love for the game just forced me or just gave me that decision, you know, um, you know, along with being in the church and, and you know, giving it all to God and letting him, you know, guide my footsteps. Uh, just came to the conclusion that it was time to come up to, to Canada and play football again, do what I love, um, and, you know, just get paid to do it as a professional. So, um, like you said, October, you know, I, I made the decision to come up and it was expanded roster, so it was a good time for me to come up. And um, it was a blessing, man, because I was able to fall into a place where uh, a few guys got hurt, didn't want to be in that situation or that, you know, happened that way, but a few guys got hurt the first week of, uh, Brandon Smith, me, one of the veterans here, you know, he had a, had, had a little bruise, and I was able to step in and showed him enough that when I got here to where they trusted me to, to fill in that, that spot, I uh, got my first start. But then uh, I, I would say a week of being here. Um, and then the following week, uh, Trey Robinson, our, our corner, the big-time corner, he, he went down with a, with, with a little bang as well, and I was able to play again two weeks after that. So uh, just like you said, getting that head start, man, is it, I don't know, man. Like, like I was telling a reporter earlier today, it just gave me a head start. It showed, it showed myself that I could play in this league. Um, it made me a lot more comfortable going into, the, into this year, just going into camp. Um, and, and it gave me all the confidence I needed. And like you said, the Great Cup experience was uh, unmatched, man. I, you know, I didn't play and I really didn't expect it. I kind of felt like I cheated the team because I hadn't been here the whole year and went through everything they went through. But um, just having that experience of being there, um, I had already made bonds with the guys, so, you know, we were great friends and sharing that experience with them, uh, winning, of course, and, um, you know, just everything that came around the Great Cup, just the, the history of the league and learning different things in the CFL, uh, it was all, like I said, just an experience that was unmatched for my football career, and, like I said, it all sprung me up into, into what, what is coming this year, so hopefully we can, you know, defend it, get back to it, it's in Calgary this year, and uh, I think we belong to be there. Well, so you're, you're doing my segues for me. Uh, we're talking about last year's Grey Cup. Um, Calgary is very well suited and positioned for this year's Grey Cup. Uh, you're currently first in the West Division. You clinched a playoff burst, a, clay, a playoff berth uh, with last weekend's win over Winnipeg in which Deshaun put the game on ice with a pick on the last play of the game. Um, so not to jinx it, but as you said, Calgary is hosting this year's Grey Cup final. So what does this team need to do to get to the elusive home neutral site game? Which is a term I just made up, and I have no idea if it's correct. <laughs> um, I think it's just stacking our days. Um, we're, we're facing different challenges, you know, with, with new people coming on the team, uh, some guys going down, and young people having to step, uh, step up and fill voids. Um, and just like I said, day by day, we can work on uh, work on that. You know, we can't look too far into the future. With the Grey Cup being here, you know, it's a lot of pressure with us. You know, having to feel like we have to be there. We, you know, it's necessary. Um, which it is the goal, but uh, we just can't look too far ahead or else we'll, we'll, we'll stumble over ourselves. But uh, like I said, stack our days. Uh, we take one game at a time. 
Uh, we have two more regular season games that we know, you know, they're both on, on this side of the conference or this side of the league being in the West. Uh, just winning one game at a time and uh, taking care of business, you know, because then, you know, we get the first round by if we, if we went out, but, you know, we still have to win that Western, uh, Western final in order to get there. So, uh, just like I said, not looking too, too far ahead, stacking our days and just going one to know from here on out. So I, I, I want to talk about to each of you about your individual highlights of the season. Um, obviously you're, you're a core that's contributed amazingly to, to a, a very good team's defense. Um, but Nate, uh, you lead the team and you're tied for second in the league in total tackles with 84. Um, in your first CFL season, what, what stands out for you as, as a, a super memorable play, a super memorable game? Um, what do you got? Uh, for me, it's just, again, being a part of organized football again and, and running out of the tunnel. Um, I think one of the, one of my most memorable games, um, I would say there's probably two moments that really, Hit me, and I think every time they sing the Canadian national anthem, it's just like a a moment of appreciation, a moment of just feeling blessed, a moment of uh, gratitude. I don't know, just you get a little flood of emotions every time that that you do that because you realize once you've been through, you know, the ringer of of not playing football or, or not being right where you want to be um, right away. You know, you kind of just realize how special that moment and that opportunity is. So. For me, it's it's almost every week uh, you just feel this this sense of appreciation. But I'd say there's two times. One time when we were in Montreal, when at the end of the game, uh, unfortunately we didn't get the job done. But just at the end of the game, the crowd was going nuts. It was under the lights. All everyone had their phone light on, and it was just a crazy atmosphere. And, um, I would say that has to be one of my favorite memories. And then I think both. Both times that we played Sask at their place, that was kind of my first start, uh, my first CFL start was at their place, and, and they have a great atmosphere um, there with great fans. So I really liked that and enjoyed that. But also the last time we played them here, uh, just being under the lights the way that it was, feeling like a Friday night back in high school again. and I don't know, just the temperature, the moon was gorgeous. I mean, everything about it was just like, man, this is what I want to do. You know, so for me, I would say those are – I got a couple of uh, favorite memories. I would say those are it. Uh, but really, it's just been the whole season just being out here doing what I love and, and appreciating everything. And how many how many weeks did it take to memorize O Canada? I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm blessed for the opportunity here, but let's not get it twisted. I'm still American now. <laughs> I'm not sitting there singing it, so – I don't know yet. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe by the Grey Cup you'll be you'll be lip syncing. Deshaun, you're you're second on the team and tied for third in the CFL with five interceptions. So same question to you. Uh, in, in your second season in Canada, um, standout games, standout plays. I mean, you certainly have a bunch of interceptions to pick from. I would say the interceptions, man, but I, I don't know. I feel like that's just me doing my job. You know, a lot of people see interceptions and things like that as you know a big personal game, but like I said. It's, when you're a DB, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, you expect it when the ball goes in there to bring it down with you. So, um, I think my my favorite moment would be uh, just the fact that I was here during camp. Um, and it, it sounds weird, but just being here, starting here in October last year, like I said earlier, I just didn't get that full experience to be able to start with, start with the team and uh, go through every phase with the team, you know, creating bonds and everything from the beginning. 
So uh, being able to come back this year and, um, in my words, I would say kind of do it the right way, you know, from the beginning. Um, I feel like that's, that's been the, the biggest part for me. Um, you know, changing my number, trying to create my own identity, and uh, showing uh, the city of Calgary and, and also the whole league who, you know, Sean Ennis was and um, just why this team believed in me to, to come back and to have that starting role. You know, I changed positions. And uh, like I said, just like I said, just starting from the beginning and uh, being here during camp and being able to, to establish everything with this team has kind of been uh, the foundation set and, and probably my, my, my best number of the year so far. And lastly, Raheem, you've got 34 tackles, two picks, and a forced fumble uh, to your name this season. Um, what's your first season in Canada been like? It's been amazing, honestly. Uh, I've been blessed to come to an organization like Calgary where, I mean, it's, you know, like the relationship me, Nate, and Amos is, is built, you know, that's that's like all across, you know, the locker room. I mean, there's it's a great group of guys here, you know, we're all here, you know, no egos, just here with the same goal in mind, you know, not just only to win a great cup, but, you know, just be better men at the end of the day. And, you know, I, I've been enjoying and soaking, like soaking it all up. And, uh, you know, you come here and you just, you put in a position where, you know, you, you have high expectations. So, you know, it, you can't ask for anything more than, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, the, the season's been gone, you know, I mean, you know, you always think about the plays maybe you should have made or could have made, but at the end of the day, you know, you know, being being in the position we are in now, you know, you can't ask for more. So, you know, I think moving forward, you know, I just hope to continue to, you know, help bring my team, you know, some success by, you know, however I can contribute. And then, you know, just at the end of the year, you know, we're holding that, that great cup up, you know, on November 24th. Well, I mean, speaking of not being able to ask for more, from, from a Spring League perspective, I mean, we, we always want to see guys get their chance, but to see three guys get their chance starring on the same defense – um, it, it's amazing from our perspective too. Um, so just want to wish three of you congratulations now that you've clinched. Hopefully, um, the rest of the regular season is just a nice tune-up for for the playoffs, and and we'll see you uh, on home soil for the Grey Cup. Absolutely, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, really thank you. Really appreciate it. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Spring Forward. A huge thank you to Deshaun, Raheem, and Nate for their time during a busy week of practice. The Stampeders clinched a spot in the playoffs with a win over Winnipeg last weekend in their final home game of the regular season. They will play Winnipeg for the second week in a row on Friday night, this time on the road, before finishing their regular season on the road at BC. I can't wait to see this team, and especially this trio, make a run to the Grey Cup Championship. You can follow The Spring League on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Spring League. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Alex Goldstick. All music was provided to The Spring Forward podcast by Joshua Rosner. Be on the lookout for all new episodes coming up in the back half of 2019. Later. Later.